Speak to us, Lord, through these scriptures. Remind us again of your everlasting power. May we know your story and our place within it. May we remember your mighty works and deeds that we might know that you are the God of all ages. May we claim your promise and share your love. We are listening, Lord. Speak to us today. So I'd like to just take a, a minute, a few seconds to place these verses. It's going to come. It's coming from the 18th chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 33 to 37. In this story, Jesus has been arrested by the, the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders overnight. They've begun beating him. And they've taken him early in the morning, but not too early because they don't want to disturb the Roman governor too early, but they've taken him to Pilate. Pilate comes out to meet them from his home, his where he governs from, this, this huge uh, building. And he, he asks what they're accusing Jesus of, and he really isn't hearing really reasons that make sense of why they want this man crucified. So he goes back inside and he, he brings Jesus with him, and that's where our gospel meeting takes place today beginning with the 33rd verse. So Pilate went into the praetorium again and called Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, are you saying this of your own initiative or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own people and their chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done that is worthy of death? Jesus replied, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this world. So Pilate said to him, then you are a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. This is why I was born. And for this, I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth and belongs to the truth hears and listens carefully to my voice. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. I can imagine Jesus being brought into Pilate inside where they're alone. Maybe there's some guards or centurions. I'm not sure. I just imagine Pilate looking at him. He's, he's bound. He's humbly dressed. And he's probably thinking, I, I really don't see this man leading an insurrection. And certainly if Pilate thought there was any chance of this man, this Jesus, if he was a real threat, if there was any possibility, he'd just throw him in jail and lock him up. Problem solved. Instead, Pilate asked Jesus directly, are you king of the Jews? Now, why would a Roman governor even ask himself, worry himself with this? And he's probably doing it looking out for his own best interests. As governor of this part of the Roman Empire, he was the most powerful man in that area. 
but he was still responsible to the emperor. His main duty, you keep the peace and collect those taxes for the Roman Empire. Don't let people rise up and revolt against us. Keep this part of the empire safe. And in asking Jesus, are you king of the Jews? He's trying to find out if this man, Jesus, was a political king who might be wanting to overthrow the Romans. You don't stay a Roman governor long if you don't watch out for yourself. You want to avoid anything that's going to upset peace. That stop the ability to collect taxes. And he hasn't heard any serious charges. So Pilate asked Jesus directly, are you the king of the Jews? Are you attempting to claim kingship over these Hebrew people without my authority? That would amount to a treasonous act. And as Jesus often does, he answers the question with a question of his own. Are you saying this of your own initiative or did others tell you about? It? I imagine this would upset him. And with his reply, he tells Jesus what Jesus already knows. I am not a Jew, am I? Your own people and their chief priests handed you over to me what have you done why do they want me to execute you that's when jesus explains exactly who he is the pilot my kingdom is not of this world those few words we might take the wrong way jesus is not saying he has no kingdom in He's not saying that he would never rule the earth. He does have a kingdom in the world. Even to this day, wherever there are people who have trusted him and yield to his kingship, his kingdom is. And when we go back to the original language, the word kingdom, the Greek word that's used is basilia, it really doesn't mean kingdom. It basically means a kingship or the authority to rule. My authority to rule is not of this world. He's saying his kingdom is not unrelated to the world, but it's not going to use the methods of the world to establish itself. Jesus is also challenging Pilate himself. Decide for yourself. My kingdom, my kingship is not of this world. Pilate's concern was, where's this source? Where, where, is, where do you get your authority, Jesus? So Pilate says, so then you are a king. And this response that Jesus gives in verse 37 is where I'm going to spend most of our time today. Jesus says, you say correctly that I am a king. This is why I was born. For, and for this, I've come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears and listens carefully to my voice. 
in that verse, Jesus makes several claims. He's claiming his birth is a means to an end. Advent that we celebrate beginning next week. It's kind of a season of waiting. We anticipate and we wait for the birth of the Savior. We celebrate the birth. Well, we acknowledge at the same time that the full kingdom of God, the full return of Jesus as king, we're still waiting for that. Waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ as the Messiah so that all creation can be restored to its perfection and break loose from the power of sin. Jesus is saying, I pre-existed. He came from heaven and the presence of God. I always reflect back on the opening verses of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. Without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. He came from the presence of God, his incarnation into humanity. And he said, Jesus said, he's the truth, the absolute truth, the absolute reality. Earlier in John's gospel in chapter 14, Jesus said this, Jesus says, I am the way to God and the real truth and the real life. Jesus says that he's revealing the absolute truth. And the people who listen and accept the absolute truth, they hear his voice. They are led by him. The eighth chapter of John. Whoever is of God and belongs to him hears the truth of God's words. And what all this means to me personally, what, what it's saying in that verse is that each person is personally responsible for making their own mind up about Jesus. Each person gets to hear the truth. The truth about Jesus Christ. And then decide for themselves if they're willing to accept what they're hearing as the truth. And do they want to live their life based on that truth that Christ is? Listen to again to the last part of verse 37. Everyone who is of the truth hears and listens carefully to my voice. In an earlier confrontation with some people, Jesus said this. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you has proof and convicts me of sin? I speak truth. Why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God and belongs to him hears the truth of God's words. For this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. and You're not in fellowship with him. I was from the eighth chapter of John 45 to 47. Everyone has this choice for Jesus is claiming to be God, the only savior of the world. He either is or he is not who he says he is. You say correctly, I am a king. 
throughout history, even into our time today, many people, they, they hear, they discover the teachings of Jesus, whether it's through Bible lessons or devotions or friends. And they say, you know that Jesus, he really was a, a teacher. He had these high moral standards. He was a very wise man. Jesus never said he was a teacher. Without saying the exact words, he's claiming to be the king of kings and lord of lords. In that culture, in that time when he said the son of man, I am the light of the world, the Messiah, the Christ, they all meant God. People knew these are all attributed to God. And that's what got him in trouble with the religious leaders. C.S. Lewis said this about Jesus. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make the choice. A man who's merely a man and claims to be God, we we like to lock them away. They're either crazy or they're of the evil one. Everyone who is of the truth hears and listens carefully to the voice of God, Jesus Christ. Most people want to follow a person, someone famous, especially with social media. We have so many. I have 10,000 followers, millions of followers. They want to follow the powerful, the famous, the rich, or someone who just says it's about love, morality, and peace. Just take a minute and think about all the immoral emphasis on our films and, and music. And I watch them. I enjoy good sci-fi. And think about the news that fills the headlines that they promote. It's always about division and violence or destruction. They always have that good story buried near the end. Usually don't lead with it. Is any wonder mankind has never known a world of love and peace and true justice? The problem is the human heart. That's what Jesus tells us. It's a problem that God alone can solve. Sixth chapter of Luke, Jesus says, The good man produces what is good and honorable and moral out of the good treasure stored in his heart. And the evil man produces what is wicked and deprived out of the evil of his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. You say correctly, I am a king. That's why I was born. For this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears and listens carefully to my voice. And I like, it's not included in our reading, but it's right after in verse 38, after Jesus makes this great summation of who he is and why he came, Pilate goes, what is truth? I just laugh how, how we hear that today. What is truth? Many of our government leaders, political leaders, it's true in our country today. 
we have two sides of many issues. This is the truth. This is the truth. Most elected officials consider the truth to be whatever the majority of the people who elect them agree with. Or whatever helps advance their own power and political goals. That's the truth to them. And when there's no absolute basis for truth, when it's gray instead of black and white, there's no basis for moral right or wrong. Let's look at our supposed leaders, our elected officials in Washington, a congressman, such a high honor to be elected to Congress. He put out a violent cartoon of him killing another member of Congress and fighting with the president. Why is our world filled with violence and hate? Because most of our government leaders don't know the truth, the absolute truth of Jesus. Jesus becomes whatever works or whatever helps keep them in power. The absolute truth is that in Jesus Christ, we do have an absolute truth. And the only way to gain an understanding of the truth of Jesus Christ is to submit yourself to his kingship. Today we celebrate Christ the King Sunday. Everyone who hears this message here somewhere else, they have a choice to make in their lives. Do you accept Jesus as your king? We often say, Lord. I like thinking of him as my king. I, I submit to his kingship, his authority. Jesus is known by many names. But above all, he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Do you acknowledge and pledge your allegiance to Jesus Christ as your king? Or are you still debating truth like Pilate? What is truth? Truth has a name, Jesus Christ, Lord of Lord, King of Kings, amen. I would just ask as a response to hearing God's word for our lives, if you join with me in the, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory and the kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, we have our offering plates up front. Most of you bring them in before, and we thank you for the offering. You may bring that up anytime during the service or at the close. But let me offer an offering prayer, and then we'll have our doxology. Father, Lord, with gratitude for all the blessings you've poured into our lives, Lord Jesus, we come bringing these, our gifts, that, you, that they may be used in service to those in need that we may be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in our community. Bless these gifts and those who have given them, that they may truly be a blessing in your holy name. 
Amen. May the peace of Lord Jesus go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing with the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once more into our doors. Go in peace and share the light and love of Christ with those you meet this day and this week. Amen. <laughs>